ages of 5 to 11, three brave kids. This is always, always difficult, you know. And so um, I want three brave kids. Let me see here. Okay. One. I'm definitely choosing you. Let's get up here, okay? Come on up here, all right? Here, here's what we're going to do. Have a seat right there. All right. Brayden, come on up. Let's go with Elijah. Not because I don't love every person who raised their hand. I just, Elijah, he doesn't sing on the praise team, and so I'm going to get him up here today. Okay. So, I want to ask a couple of questions to you guys. There's like... It's not, it's not like pass or fail. It's not like you're going to get these questions and be like, oh, I'm so scared. I'm not going to ask what the square root of nine is or anything like that. Because I've been out of school for, what, what did you say? Oh, I thought you were trying to tell me something. Okay. <laughs> I feel like my wife was trying subliminally to tell me something, you know? Okay. You were just flirting with me. It's church time, Jackie. <laughs> My word, goodness, someone talk to the pastor's wife. Anyway, back to the message. Okay. She doesn't get embarrassed easy. I wonder if I accomplished anything tonight. I know? Okay, bummer. All right. So, here's the thing. I'm going to grab another microphone so you guys have one to pass around. All right. Um, I don't know which number. It doesn't have a number on it. It's on. Okay. All right. Here you go. Talking it. Hi. Okay. Now wrapping it. No? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Here's the question, and you're just each going to answer this. Does God hear your prayers? Yes. 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 Okay. You can hold that microphone. Now we'll work our way back. Do you think God hears your parent or guardian's prayers? Yes. 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 Okay. Um, do you think you have to do anything specific to get God to listen to your prayers? No. 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 Okay. So, like, you don't have to behave or be a good listener to get God to listen. Okay, go ahead, say it. Go ahead. Say it. Say it in the microphone. You have to listen to, for him to talk to you. Okay. Okay. Do you think God listens more to your parents' or guardians' prayers or to your prayers? No. No. Okay, so everyone said no. What does no mean? 
No, he does not listen to your parents. He, does, he, he listens to our prayers equally. Okay, say that in the microphone. He listens to our prayers equally. Okay, do you both agree with that or disagree? Yeah, I agree. Okay, so now I'm, I'm the pastor of the church. Did you guys know that? Yeah. Yes, I very much did. So I, so I talk to God and I preach about God. Does God listen to my prayers more or your prayers more? He doesn't listen to either one of our prayers more. He listens to both of our prayers. Equally? Yeah. Okay, Equally. Do you, do you guys agree with that? Yes. You do? You agree with that? You agree with that? Yes. Okay. So why would you tell people... Why, if you could tell your friends right now, all of your children's ministry companions and friends, tell them one reason why you think like, hey guys, we have to pray because it's so important because of what? Tell, me, tell them a reason why you think prayer is important. Because you're talking to God. Okay. So I get the Holy Spirit to be with God for eternities. Okay. To get baptized. All right. You guys, thank you so much for your help tonight. Well, we have a pretty rockin' children's ministry, Rock Church, Rock Academy. They're doing an amazing job down there because I think that, that those are all pretty incredible responses. But a lot of people don't, do you know adults sometimes don't even have those responses? Sometimes adults think, if I, I, gotta, I have to get good to get God. If God's ever going to listen to me, I have to make sure that I start doing better. And that's not the case. Tonight I want to talk about this topic for a little bit. And here's the title you can write on your papers. God listens to children. God listens to children. Now you guys all just talked about how important prayer is. And now let's do it, okay? Don't listen to me pray. Let's all raise our voice and talk to Jesus right now. Lord, we love you. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you for all of your goodness and greatness and mercy. Lord, speak through me tonight. Let every heart and mind be open. I know this service is it's for everybody, but it's even really geared a lot at children. And, and I want them to receive something and hear something that will stick with them forever. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. So the Old Testament tells us about a man named Abraham. Has anyone ever heard a story of Abraham? Guys, I feel, I feel sad. There's a lot of adults that didn't raise their hand. They need to come with you to your Sunday school class, okay? So Abraham, God says to Abraham, I'm going to make a covenant with you, which is like a promise. Like, hey, I'm going to do this. You do this. Let's enter this deal together. God didn't have to do that. He created Abraham. But Abraham, he says, I'm going to make a covenant with you. And so in that covenant, he says, Abraham, if you do what I tell you to do, man, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make your, your, your kids as the sand of the sea. I'm going to make a nation out of you. You're going to be blessed. You're not only going to be blessed, but I'm going to use you to bless other people. All nations of the earth are going to be blessed because of you. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. How many would you would like to be in a covenant with God 
that was based on that. Pretty incredible. And he says, I'm going to give you a son, Abraham, and you're going to, you're going to, he's going to be of your lineage and, 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 and I'm going to use him and your, your whole family line is going to be blessed. Well, how many of you have ever known that sometimes people want children, but they're unable to have children? Has anyone ever known someone who has wanted children, but they were never able to have children? Okay. And so Sarah, his wife, Abraham's wife, was one of those people. She was barren, meaning she could not have babies. And so instead of trusting God and waiting on him, Abraham and Sarah had a conversation and said, hey, why don't you go have a baby with another lady and we can raise it like it's our baby? How many of you know, boy, that doesn't sound like a really good idea. I'm just giving you parents talking points for your ride home. <laughs> and so, so that was not a good idea. Oh, yeah. So they did that. They, they, Abraham has a baby with another lady that's not his wife. And his wife was like, hey, I don't like that idea, even though it was her idea to start with. But even though Abraham and Sarah sinned, and even though the other lady named Hagar had a baby, guess who was not at fault here? Who did nothing wrong at all? It was the baby from that decision. Hagar had a baby named, anybody know? Ishmael. I've preached about Ishmael, but recently I was reading the Bible and I saw something really neat. Even though... Hagar now gives birth to Ishmael, and she doesn't have any babies. Sarah gets jealous. Has anyone, anyone have a brother or a sister, a sibling, that sometimes they get something, and, and they get to do something, and you don't, and you get jealous of them, and you get kind of like, oh, I wanted to do that. I don't know if this happens in your house, but, well, why does he get to go there? Why do they get a play date? Why do they get a sleepover? Why do they get to go there? I don't ever get to do anything. It's amazing. Like, one kid gets to do everything, and the other gets to do nothing. How quickly that changes. Now, I know, have you guys ever said to anything to your parents? Well, I never get to do that. Anyone? Y'all better raise your hand, too, you bunch of liars. And so there's some jealousy in the house now between Sarah and Hagar. And, you know, Hagar has this kid and Sarah wanted to have a baby, but she couldn't. And so Sarah gets super jealous. And so she says, I want you to make Hagar and Ishmael leave our house. I don't want them here anymore. And so they were about to leave. And at this point, you see, God had finally blessed Sarah with a baby of her own. After all these years, God had said that he was going to give her one, but she couldn't. But God opened up her, her womb, so to speak, is what Scripture says, and he allowed her to have a baby. And so Sarah finally has her baby, and Hagar has her baby. But Ishmael was older than Isaac. And so he was making fun of him. He was teasing him. I know you guys never tease your siblings, right? 
anyone, no one ever teases their siblings? No. How about does anyone ever tease their cousins? I come with a message of John the Baptist. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. I know, I was teased sometimes by my sister too sometimes. <laughs> oh, never in my life did I dream that I'd get to pastor a church and my sister would come to it and I could have so much fun. I just pity the day that she ever gets a microphone in her hand. But Isaac grows up, and Genesis 21 says, Sarah saw Ishmael, the son of Abraham, and her Egyptian servant, Hagar, making fun of her son, Isaac. That right there would be over. I know that we're all good Christian people, and we're like, oh, we can forgive. We need to love and reach the world till somebody messes with your baby. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> and so she says to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son. Hagar has a name, but now she's being called a slave woman. And her son, he's not going to share the inheritance with my son Isaac. I won't have it. This upset Abraham very much. Why would this upset Abraham so much? Because that was still his son. So even though he was married to Sarah first, and this was not a good idea for him to go with Hagar and to have a baby named Ishmael. That was not God's plan. But but he looks and says, he's still my son. And so God tells Abraham, don't be upset over the boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah tells you to do. For Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. But I will make a nation of the descendants of Hagar's. Just why? Because he's your son. God loved Abraham so much that remember he made that covenant, that commitment, that he says, I'm still going to bless Ishmael, just because I love you, Abraham. And Abraham was sad to make Ishmael leave because even though this wasn't God's original plan, he loved Ishmael so much. And guess what? Do you all think God loved Ishmael too? And even though they were getting into an unknown land and an unknown situation, God says, I'm going to always be with Ishmael. Has anyone here ever had something bad or challenging happened to you in your life? Hang on, keep your hands raised, because if you did not raise your hand, you're preaching this weekend, because I want to hear what you're doing. <laughs> Has anyone, anybody willing to admit this, that something happened in your life at some point that made you wonder and stop and go, man, is God really with me? Does, does God see what's actually going on right now? Sometimes people around us will do bad things, but those people don't have as much power as God. God can walk with you and lead you even when things seem bad around you. And God assures Abraham he's going to be with Ishmael, and look what happens next. Anybody want to read this for me? Come on. Come on up. He's like, what did I just get myself into? 
All right, so here you go. Read this passage of scripture. Can you read that? Yeah. So Abraham got up early the next morning, prepared food in a container of water, and strapped them on Hagar's shoulders. Then he sent her away with their son, and she wandered aimlessly in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water was gone, she put the boy in the shade of a bush. Then she went and sat down by herself about a hundred yards away. I don't want to watch the boy die, she said as she bursts into tears. Thank you. Thank you, man. Can you, moms, moms, can you imagine this? I, I, I'm not even in the wrong here. This was their idea. I got this baby. I love my son. She probably loved their family. She, she had served alongside them for a long time. Like, I love, and now I'm up in the middle of nowhere. Abraham throws a thing on her back for water. There's no water left. And she sets her son down and says, I'm walking away from my son in the middle of the wilderness because I can't bear to watch him die. And she just bursts into tears. Imagine how hard that would be. And she's just over here weeping, just crying, knowing it's just a matter of time before my son dies in the middle of nowhere. But God, check this out. Look at this next verse. But God heard. Who did God hear? Someone, someone, no, look at this. Children, look. Who did God hear? The boy. God hears the boy crying. And the angel of the Lord called to Hagar from heaven. Hagar, what's wrong? Don't be afraid. God has heard who? The boy crying as he lies there. Go, go to him. Comfort him. I will make a great nation from his descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes and she saw a well full of water. That's interesting. Was the well there the whole time? Huh. She quickly filled her water container and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy as he grew up in the wilderness. He became a skillful archer. He settled in the wilderness of Paran. His mother arranged for him to marry a woman from the land of Egypt. I want you to see this. In the midst of all the challenges, all the trials, Hagar's crying. She's weeping. Her son's about to die. But scripture tells us two separate times, God heard the boy. Sometimes we're thinking, oh, mom and dad need to pray. Pastor needs to pray. Sunday school teacher needs to pray. Leaders of the church need to pray. But this scripture tells me that the voice that God was listening to was the child's. And it says, verse 20, God was with that boy. He heard his cries. And, and notice in verse 17, 21, 17 says, God heard the boy crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said, what's wrong? Don't be afraid. God heard the boy crying where? Someone tell me. As he lies there. 
Meaning what? Sometimes we think that in order to get close to God and for him to hear our prayers, we have to do certain things and accomplish certain things or maybe be a certain age. Or one day, you're going to serve God in ministry when you are done with school, when you get married, when you get a minister's license, when you get older. Then you can pray with people. Then you can lead worship. No, no, no. Family Wednesday is about you walking up there and leading worship tonight, singing songs to God tonight, about praying with people tonight, about laying hands on people tonight tonight. I want our children to know that God hears your prayers. And notice it says, as he was lying there, that you don't have to be anywhere specific. You can be anywhere. You can sit down to take a test at school. A kid can be making fun of you at school, making you fight back tears because you're embarrassed and, and they're being rude to you. God, you can say, God, help me right now. And he hears your prayers. He hears your prayers if things aren't always going perfect in your house. Maybe, maybe sometimes your parents or guardians, they might say something or shout or even say something you think, oh man, they shouldn't be saying that. And you get scared. You can say, Jesus, I need you right now. He hears you right where you are, right where you're lying, right where you're sitting. You don't have to be in a church or at an altar, even though scripture tells us it's important to gather together and worship. But you can be anywhere at your school, at a job, at an altar, in laying in your bed, on your way to school, stepping into a restroom at school. Things could not be going right. And you can say, Jesus, I need you. And right where you are, he will hear your prayer. You matter to him right now. Don't ever believe a lie that you can't do something until a later date. That you'll get more power with God in life at a later date. That's sometimes the way the world views kids. Even in Jesus' time, a very famous passage, even the adults, even the called chosen ones by God viewed it this way. In Matthew 18, about the time the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus does not say, you know, I'm debating between Peter and I'm debating between Paul. He's going to be coming. He don't, you don't know him yet, but I'm going to be debating upon John because he's a fast runner. But no, you know what he says? He pulls up a little child. Who wants to stand up? Okay. He pulls up a little child and he says, no, no, no. Matthew 18, 2. Or 18.1, I think it is. He says, no, you, you, you want to enter into the kingdom of God? Become like this little child. I know that's hard to believe. But that's what Jesus said. He's telling the crowd to be like little child. Parents are telling their children to be like Jesus. <laughs> He says, you want to you you make it in the kingdom? He put a child among them. He says, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you'll never get to the kingdom of heaven. Anyone who becomes as humble as this little child, and he's sitting there pointing to a kid. In that day and age, that didn't happen. Like, what? Come on. What about the rabbis? Now, this little kid, there's humility here. Anyone who welcomes a child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. I'll pause to say, if you're in children's ministry, 
you, you, better, you better realize, don't ever be discouraged. What you're doing matters. Jesus is literally saying, you do something like done to one of these kids, you're doing it unto me. That's why Sunday we had an incredible altar call, great move of God, one of the best ones ever. And one of my first thoughts was, wow, someone was loving nursery-aged children. Someone was teaching our children so we could just sit here and enjoy that powerful presence of God. And they missed out on that. But God is going to richly bless their lives. Because as we do unto them, we do unto him. And he says, but if one of you will cause little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. That's some harsh language for Jesus to look and say, you mess with kids? You mess with kids? I know there's a lot of sin in this world, a lot of sick, evil things. And you know, you, oh, well, it's all sin. We'll, uh, we, God can forgive everything. Absolutely, 1,000%. I hope altars are filled with every type of sinner. I hope that we all, we know God's blood is rich and powerful. But I do think scripturally, when you mess with a child, scripture, he's like, oh, that's something. God says, I don't take that lightly. In spite of what Jesus said, it was just one chapter later that his disciples, they sat through this message, and I'm almost done already. So just stay with me. One chapter later, it's like, did you miss this? He just got done saying, become like this. Oh, if you could be like, tree. oh, if you do anything to them, just watch out. Might, might as well have a millstone tied around your neck. In the next chapter, Matthew 19, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus. Wow. I mean, parents are going, I, I see the value in him, in his ministry. I believe in him. And so they said, I want to bring my kids so that Jesus can lay hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples stopped him and said, hey, Rabbi's busy. You don't have time to lay hands on your children. Could you imagine if you walked up as a little child with your parent or your, your guardian, and they're like, hey, we're going to go meet this man named Jesus. He's doing miracles. He loves people. He's incredible. I just want him to lay hands on you and pray with you. And you walk up, and some other adults go, get out of here. Get lost, you little scrawny kids. I don't want you. Jesus don't care about you. He's busy working with the adults. How that would hurt you. Like, what? And he says, the disciples scolded the parents. And one day, and then verse 14, but Jesus said, hold on a minute here. Edited, added by Gary. Let the children come to me. He said, don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these little children. Jesus stopped and had conversations. In that day, children, women, they weren't respected. But Jesus stopped and had conversations with people that no one else believed in or respected. He put value in them. They already had value, but he, he clarified and communicated their value with his actions. He says, hold on a minute. Don't you dare. 
looks at his called ones, the disciples. Don't you dare kick these kids out of here. Verse, next verse. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Jesus is all on this earth like three years. He don't have time for all this stuff. He's got a world to reach. He's got disciples to train and send out. He's going to change the world. And he's just here for just a couple years. And then he's going to die on the cross. But he was never too busy to say, no, no, no. I will stop for children. Everyone else is saying, get them out of my presence. He goes, no, no, no. What would you bring them here for? Absolutely, gather around. And Jesus just starts to lay hands on all the children. That is powerful. Why? Because children matter. Children matter. That's why he says, hang on, Ishmael's crying. Let me intervene in his situation. He's in the middle of nowhere. No one's looking after him. He thinks he's dying. His mom thinks he's dying. But hang on. I hear his cry. Shh. Everyone, shh. Ishmael's crying. I just wonder if he looked at an angelic host and said, cut the music, stop. Shh. I hear the cry of a child. And then he walks this earth and he clarifies in the gospel. Children have my heart. Children have my attention. Matter of fact, you want to make to heaven, you better be like one of them. That's powerful. Church, and especially children, Jesus Christ wants you in his presence. Literally, he wants you. He wants to touch you. He wants to hear your voice. He wants you to talk to him. He wants to have a relationship with you. He sees your tears. He knows when you're afraid. He cares about everything you have to say. And as you stand to your feet tonight, I'll tell you something else. He actually says he wants to fill us with his spirit. Church. If you're here on this Wednesday night and you have never been filled with the, with the Holy Spirit of God, he, he's literally going, I want you in my presence. Come on up. I'd love to touch you. I'd love to hear you. I'd love to fill you with my spirit. I'd love it so that I could be with you all the time, not just at church, but he says, I want to put my spirit inside you so that any moment you know I'm with you. I will talk to you. I will be with you. And so if you're here tonight, you don't have to wait for a Sunday. You don't have to wait for anything special, okay? This is special because Jesus Christ is here. If you're here and you're going, I don't even fully understand, but I know I want Jesus to hear my voice, and I want to hear his. I want to be in his presence tonight. God will fill you with his spirit tonight. But here's the thing. Notice. Notice that in these stories, God did not go, hey, where's the kids? I want the kids to come up and stand by me. I want to touch the kids. Kids, come on here. God, God didn't do that. Jesus Christ did not do that. They came up and he was like, okay, hey, did you, did you want to talk to me? Did you want me to touch you? Did you want me to lay my hand on your head? Well, then come on, suffer not the little children to come unto me. 
Meaning, Jesus doesn't go and say, hey, I want to come in your house. I want to be with you. I want to touch your head. I want to, I want to, I want to. He doesn't do that. He says, suffer not the, the children to come unto me. Meaning, Jesus is going, I want you in my presence. I want to touch you. I want to be with you. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to hear your voice. I want to speak to you. But do you want that? Because if you do, come unto me. If you want Jesus, come. And so tonight, that's what I say. If you are here and you want Jesus Christ, then come to this altar. Come and find a place to pray right now and begin to just go, God, I don't know. I know I don't deserve for you to hear my voice. I don't deserve to be in your presence. But Jesus, I want, I want to feel your touch. I want to hear your voice. I want to be filled with your spirit. I can't emphasize enough. If you want the Holy Ghost tonight, you will get it. Jesus Christ wants to fill you with his spirit. But it's just a matter of come unto me. Do you desire that? Is that what you want? If you don't, there's no need to panic or worry. He won't do it. But if you do, he wants to put his spirit inside you. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants to touch you tonight. Jesus Christ loves all of us, but he really, really loves children. And he really wants to hear you right now as you begin to lift your voice and talk to him. No one else has your voice. He gave you your vocal cords. He wants to hear your voice. He don't want to just hear mine as a pastor or your parents. He wants to hear your voice tonight. So lift that voice to him. Begin to tell him, Lord, I love you, Jesus. Jesus, I, I love you. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving me in return, Jesus. Thank you, God. I love you, Lord. I want you to hear my voice tonight. And I want to hear yours, Jesus. I love you, Jesus.